Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This week, uh, I've uh, been reading a few articles uh, in the uh, paper and different websites on office conversions. Uh, Financial Times yesterday at the London uh, did a lengthy piece uh, on uh, converting um, offices into condominiums. Uh, it's They use a very boring word called adaptive reuse, but really is converting offices into condominiums. And as I was looking around, uh, communities like Calgary, uh, Toronto are also increasingly doing the same. Uh, and when you dig a little deeper, uh, the National Apartment Association in the United States said that 32,000 apartments have been created since 2020 as a result of these conversions. And they said there was a record high in 2021 of 20,000 of them, which included converted 7,400 offices into apartments, 3,400 factories, and over 2,800 hotels. So can that be done in Vancouver? Well, some would argue it has already been done to a certain degree, uh, but can we do it in a much bigger mass scale? Well, joining me now to talk a little bit about talking about converting office towers into uh, condos here in Vancouver is Michael Geller, president of the Geller Group. He's an architect, planner, and a real estate consultant as well. Michael, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jazz. So as I was reading all of this, you know, and the argument has been, look, a lot of folks aren't returning back to the traditional office. They want to work from home. There's lots of space out there, a lot of offices that are underused. Uh, Do you see something like this in Vancouver uh, uh, gaining any traction? Well, as you correctly pointed out, there have already been some interesting examples in Vancouver. Excuse me. Uh, The West Coast Transmission Building, that building that everybody drives by on uh, Georgia Street that's hanging from cables, uh, 18 years ago, that got converted to housing. The other building that many people will know is the Electra. Remember the old BC Hydro Building at uh, Burrard Nelson? Yes. That's now being converted into housing. So we do have some examples, high profile, and quite a lot of other examples as well. But... And it's definitely uh, going to happen. But I don't think it's as hot a topic here as it is in many American cities or cities like Calgary and Montreal, because we don't have the same high vacancy rate in offices, even after COVID, as those cities have. Calgary has, at one point, over 25% of its office space was empty. And that was that the, because of oil and gas, I guess, taking a hard hit at one point? Very much so. Mm-hmm. Very much so. The other thing is, in many of these cities, there's a desire to convert the offices into housing because these are areas of the downtown that are quite dead. I mean, Calgary does not have as much housing in its downtown as, say, Vancouver. And so the, the city government is actually providing subsidies to encourage this, just to liven up the downtown. I did check, Jazz, the recent Urban Development Institute luncheon was held uh, last month, Mm -hmm. and they were looking at all the different markets, office, industrial, housing, and uh, it is interesting that this was not even mentioned as a topic uh, 
there were different views in terms of whether the office market is going to stay as healthy as it was in years gone by. And uh, many of the people still think uh, still think that there is going to be a continued demand for offices here. Even if there wasn't that demand, and, 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 and I, I don't disagree with you, because when you look at you know uh, companies like Amazon still wanting to expand to this city, we have a growing tech industry in many ways uh, clustered in and around uh, downtown. But let's just say if we didn't, is it just too expensive to make to do these conversions today? And I know you gave me examples like the one on Burrard with the BC Hydro building, which I drive by every day. But uh, is it just too expensive to, to as well in regards to these conversions? It, it, it is. It's not always too expensive. Uh, it very much depends on the building. Uh, one of the things anybody who's been in an office building knows that oftentimes what we call the floor plate, the size of the office, the space between the windows and the elevators is often much greater than it might be in a typical apartment. So that could be a factor in whether or not a building lends itself to conversion. But there's no doubt that there are a lot of buildings that do lend themselves. In my personal view, unlike some of the people who are building and leasing offices, is that there is going to be a decline in the demand for office space. And in some of those older buildings, they often talk about Class A, Class B, Class C. The Class B and Class C buildings, I think it it is feasible to see them converted, and not just to condominiums. I think it could be very feasible to convert them to housing, both affordable but even luxury housing as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, why can they do this in, I think the Financial Times was focusing on development in New York, which is not a cheap market. Why can they do it there and not here? Well, because they have more empty, older office buildings than we do. But again, I don't think we should assume that this will not happen. I think there's already uh, a number of conversions uh, uh, being being contemplated. But but as I say, part of it is because we do have a reasonable mix of housing, and we don't have that many buildings that are completely empty. But... It is a very hot topic. You know, when you first mentioned it to me, I was reminded that the Urban Land Institute, which is a big organization of real estate developers in the states, in one of the issues last fall, there's a whole article that I have in front of me, how to make office to residential conversions work. And it runs through a series of criteria. One interesting thing that people may not appreciate, Jazz, is office buildings often have what we call post-tension floors. In other words, they don't have as many columns because they run steel cables in the actual concrete slabs. Hmm. Well, if you're going to convert that to an apartment building with all the plumbing and kitchens and bathrooms, then you really need to be very careful. So sometimes... It's things like that. One other feature, which most apartment uh, livers can appreciate, is we're used to having balconies in our apartments, whereas most office buildings, in fact, virtually all, do not have balconies in outdoor spaces. Although I'm currently working with a Finnish company that manufactures glass panels that they put on balconies, because they're looking at a system of actually adding balconies to existing buildings, in part contemplating the fact that these office buildings are being converted to housing. So 
it is, there are ingenious solutions that can be taken. I mean, I guess the, where the market is today, there's, uh, I think there's, there, there's sort of uh, no sacred cow. Everybody is looking at different, different uh, ways to deal with this housing challenge that we have. My final question to you, and it's a bit off topic, but since I have you here, home sales in January, we're learning, were the lowest for the, for the month uh, since 2009, down 37% compared to a year ago. And that's according to the Canadian Real Estate Association. They announced those numbers uh, today. Uh, this is a, a, partially an unfair question, uh, but I'm going to ask it anyway, because I think it's, it's, it's one that's uh, near and dear to everybody. But your thoughts on when do you think, is 2023 going to be the year where we actually hit a bottom in real estate and after that things hopefully will turn around? Or do you still think it's going to take a while beyond 2023? Well, it's not an unfair question at all. In fact, at the UDI lunch, that was one of the topics of discussion. And uh, at that luncheon, it was suggested that it may well take until next year before we start to see a real resurgence of those condominium pre-sales. Now, that's different than just selling existing homes. I think what people want to see is our prices going to continue to drop because they certainly have been dropping over the last eight months and our interest rates going to continue to rise the consensus for for your listeners of all the 1200 people at the real estate conference is that by the a year from now interest rates will be slightly lower than they are today but not dramatically lower. And so by that, it means maybe around 5% rather than 6.5%. Um, in terms of prices, I think there is a sense that we are starting to, to reach bottom. One of the real factors that many people are looking at is just the immigration numbers. I mean, there really is a significant number of people potentially coming here, and that puts pressure on the housing market. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think even I think you raise a good point. Even if you if there is a bit of a rate cut or a rate drop somewhere along the way in twenty twenty three, in many ways it's that's a psychological psychological thing. But I think you're also telling the market, okay, we've done all that we need to do, and we've gone through the storm. Now things are slowly slowly going to get better, and I think perhaps that may spur greater interest in the market and people spending again and companies preparing and prepping and getting ready to build uh, their projects uh, as well. Uh, yeah. Mike, Michael, thank you for your time today. It's always my pleasure.